Sasriyakal, my name's Amma. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about my experiences as a brown woman with body dysmorphia and insecurity. I'm going to be talking about the things I do to overcome those emotions and feelings, how I practice self-love, and some of the things I've picked up as I've grown up with body dysmorphia in the Asian community. Now, it's important to note that this is not a generalization of everyone in the Punjabi or Indian community, but it is something that many people experience and I want to talk about it. The reason I'm speaking about this topic for my fifth episode today is it feels very fitting. I've recently have been feeling quite insecure and even though I'm very aware that it is an emotion and it will pass and I do a lot to make sure I'm in check mentally but sometimes I can't help those feelings creep up and I'll be looking at myself in the mirror and I know I look amazing but I'll still have that voice in my head that will tell me otherwise so it definitely comes from the things I've experienced growing up as well as all the things I've been going through recently so if you did listen to my last episode thank you and if you haven't go and listen to it it feels like I'm reliving some of those experiences that I've already been through so it's not something that leaves you right away but it's very important to be aware of the things you've gone through and see how you can overcome them for this week's episode I've decided to split it up as best as I can because there is so much to talk about and I feel very passionate about this topic. I've decided to focus on some of the general points that were quite common that I experienced as well as some of the short-term and long-term effects and the things I do to regulate myself and practice self-love, overcome those feelings of insecurity which is absolutely normal. The first thing I want to talk about is the immense pressure I used to feel more so because of my skin colour and culture was the pressure of feeling like I had to be a certain body type to be considered as attractive or desirable, whatever the hell that means. And it's very unfortunate that this idea of being skinny or slim is seen as the societal norm which is not how it should be it's very unfortunate and you should look the way that you feel most comfortable in your own skin and it took me a very long time to be comfortable in my own skin I do think that women feel the pressure a lot more for a number of reasons which I will go into in a minute but the obsession with being slim is quite unhealthy and I know I definitely went through that phase a couple of years ago where I thought the optimum way to be perfect in life or be happy was to be skinny or be slim and deep down it was more of the fact that I validated myself through my body and being obsessed with being skinny. All I ever wanted was to know what it would feel like to wake up with a flat stomach like half the white girls I went to school with and that's no disrespect to the white girls I went to school with but my body was just not like that I was always a bigger kid and due to the lack of representation I did feel like something was wrong with me or oh I wonder what it feels like to wake up with a flat stomach and 
once I achieved that, I thought, wow, this is amazing. But then I was not eating enough. I was overworking out. And I've said this many times, but my general relationship with diet and exercise was what on the outside looked really good, but internally it wasn't good for me. Mentally, spiritually, emotionally, it just wasn't good. And that also brings me on to my second point, which is the constant comparison with celebrities and influencers, especially more so back in the day, I think, because when I grew up watching like Bollywood, I'd see people like Madhuri Dixit, Ashwarya Rai, Katrina Kaif, and as amazing as they would look, and I still aspire to those women, and I think they are so beautiful, and I love what they've done for Bollywood. I still couldn't help think that, wow, they are so slim. Like, how are they dancing and their stomach doesn't jiggle? And that is a genuine thought I used to think as a kid. I remember being maybe seven or eight and I don't know why that day I was just extra bloated. Maybe I'd eaten quite a lot. What even is bloating when you're a child? You just you just have a rounder stomach. I don't know. I think that's just how my body proportions were. But anyway, I just remember I started to cry because I thought I was pregnant. Turns out I was just, <laughs> turns out I just had eaten a bit too much maybe. But to have that thought as a child is so sad because I shouldn't have to even think like that. That was just my body. Maybe I had eaten too much that day. Maybe I was just looking extra round. I don't know. But either way, I wish there was more representation of brown bodies and how different shapes and sizes they come in and that you don't have to just fit into being this slim toned Bollywood princess, which even though yes, looks beautiful, but is not realistic. My third point is the general judgment that I face quite a lot from my society of constantly being scrutinized about if I'm too big or too small or too round or too tall or too short. And that's not really me. The point I wanna make is those constant comments are very detrimental to someone's self-esteem and how they feel about themselves internally. A lot of times with traditional get-togethers and many cultures, this is not just the Asian community or the Punjabi community, but it's very common for get-togethers to have lots of food and drinks and sweets and whatever. Before I had even got to the event, I was already thinking about how much I need to have in my plate without someone commenting on how much I'm eating or if I've had one too many rotis or too much rice or if I'm, you know, looking like I'm trying to diet or if that day I've decided to just Put a little bit of salad and this wasn't any like fancy salad i'm talking like three cucumbers and a bit of lettuce to make it seem like that oh i'm not trying to you know eat today but i would still have comments about my plate and what's in my plate and i hated that so much the amount of anxiety i would have before going to an event because i was a little bit bigger than most of the girls around me it was very much overwhelming when the food bit would come out oh especially when you're at a wedding the videographer will just be in your face whilst you're eating and it's at that point when you've got to make it look like you are just sophisticated and you don't eat a lot and you just eat air you know you just got to make it look all cute and everything but it's not fun having to think about that and you shouldn't have to even think about that i can't believe my brain was even able to think and comprehend those feelings at such a young age the one thing that will always 
get to me is, again, chat show aunties. I said this last time on my episode that I understand how chat show aunties are formed, that it is very much projection of feeling insecure about themselves. But anytime someone loses weight or gains weight or has any change to their appearance, they're very quick to comment about it. So I'm not surprised that I grew up with an eating disorder and it is still something I struggle with. Eating disorders, to me anyways, it's a bit like depression. It never really goes away. You just learn to manage it. There are days where I'll catch myself and I'll think, why am I doing that to myself? And then, you know, self-care kicks in and I'm kind to myself. It is something that I do struggle with and it is a relationship that I'm forever trying to heal and will continue to heal. If that is something you experience, you're not alone. Again, it's definitely a journey. The next thing I want to talk about is body hair. And I feel so passionate about this because I have experienced my experience of body hair throughout the years of dating. And I can tell you 100% that my relationship with body hair has completely changed on the gender I've chosen to date. When I used to date men, I used to think I was so hairy. Not that they would make me feel like that, it's just I think the subconscious box I had put myself into, which is so wrong. When I started to date women, I realised that A, I'm not hairy, B, this is natural, C, this is how God has made me, why should I remove something so natural? It just doesn't make sense. I really had to do that deep searching within me to understand my relationship with body hair and why I care so much about it. And especially with brown women, you know, to be teased as, oh, you're super hairy and look at your legs and look at your arms. And this is not only just in society. I think even within my relatives and family, it was something that was commonly discussed amongst the women to be like, oh, we're going to go to this wax lady. We've bought this machine that removes hair. We've bought this and we're doing this and we're doing that. We're shaving. I'm sorry, but an 11 year old should not be shaving their legs. It's not even something they should consider. They're a child. Why on earth I was doing that at 11 is so heartbreaking. But the intention of the elders in my family, especially the women, I don't think it was malicious. It was more sort of a, what they've been taught and what their beauty standard was, which is such a shame. So after having that understanding, it shouldn't be something that bothers you at all because it is natural. It's a part of your body. You should love it regardless. And you can do whatever you want with it. If you feel like shaving it, great. If you don't, great. And I can definitely say that for me personally, my relationship with hair has only changed as a result of changing who I date. So that's a lovely feeling. I also believe that there should be more conversations and discussions around body positivity, self-love, how to manage insecurity amongst the Indian and Punjabi and just general brown community. And loving yourself is so important. And that is something that was just not taught to my parents' generation for sure. Definitely looking into some of the beauty standards within society and how those should be challenged and changed, that you should just feel comfortable in your own skin. You don't need to be a size X to be considered as attractive. You can 
just be in your own skin for you because you are you. Brings me on to mentioning the importance of language and how you speak to yourself. There is a lot of power in words. Regardless of language, it is very important because in Punjabi, chat shit aunties will say things like, oh, mari ho gaya, oh, moti ho gaya, which means, mari means sad or bad or worse. And you would say that to someone if they've lost weight, which sounds so silly, which it is. And I used to use those words thinking that that's just what you say, but I'm quite against it now because it's not a nice thing to say that, oh, you've gone mari, you've gone bad or worse because you've lost weight. Why don't you just say, oh, you look really nice or you look beautiful. Nothing wrong with that. So that is something that I've had to learn to remove out of my dictionary. Or when auntie say, oh, morti ho gia, which means she's gotten fatter or she's gotten bigger or just generally gained weight, which is disgusting. There's no need to say those awful things, but I feel sorry for these chat shit aunties sometimes because I understand that that hateful language and those insecurities are just a projection and reflection of how they feel on the inside, which is such a shame. So that's why I think it's so important to have more discussions about self-love, especially with these chat shit aunties or uncles or whatever, because they never got that whilst they were growing up. And even though it's a lot more apparent now in our generation, thank God, it'd be so wholesome to have aunties who also love themselves and embrace themselves. So sometimes when these aunties do say horrible things or are very judgmental or very critical of how I or someone looks, I try not to take offense to it because I understand it is just them projecting and a reflection of how they feel on the inside. As a society, it might be very difficult to do that on a whole, but even if you can start within your family and friends on a smaller scale, just to have those difficult conversations to be like, I don't like it when you say this, or let's not use this word, or let's practice self-love, or you should love yourself for whatever you look like, or is there anything you need, or is there any support that you can offer would be a great way to start promoting self-love within the Asian community. I feel very vulnerable sharing this, but my best friend Jess said to me that if there was anything she'd want to hear about is my experience of being constantly sexualized as a child and how I really struggled with my body and just the general relationship I had with it. I thought my body equals sex, which of course is not true and such an awful thing to feel when you're so young, but I didn't understand that my body just means my body, that I can dress and I should love and appreciate that it does so much for me. But because of my society and how I was raised, I was constantly told to cover up and wear a junni, which is like a scarf over my chest because my uncles are coming. Because I had grown up with that relationship with myself, it took a very long time for me to change that and understand that my body is not just a piece of meat. My body is not just for sex or should be sexualized. I should feel very comfortable in my own skin. And having done the healing and work to fix that relationship, it's been very rewarding. I no longer feel like that. 
and again I don't feel like it was intentional from my elders but that's just what's been passed down so again I emphasize the importance of open discussions about body positivity, self-love and understanding that your body is your body and that it should not be sexualized. That brings me on to some of the short-term and long-term effects of having such negative comments and constantly having to feel insecure whilst growing up. So for example, some of the short-term effects are low self-esteem, body dysmorphia, emotional distress and unhealthy behaviours. Some of the long-term effects are chronic body image issues, low self-esteem, eating disorders, mental health issues and being able to form healthy relationships towards people or things such as food and exercise but that's just a very small part of it. So that's why it's very important to make sure these conversations are had and I'm so glad I'm even recording this and putting this out there to raise awareness for the absolute need for self-love and self-care. As cringy as it sounds it is so true. This brings me on to my last bit of this episode which is the things I do to keep myself in check and practice self-love and it's definitely not been easy especially due to the recent times of feeling insecure and recognizing that I need to make sure I've got myself first before anyone else. So number one is I challenge myself quite a lot. I talk to myself a lot and yes, I'm a weirdo and I stand by that. And I love talking to myself in my room and I'll have full lengthy conversations. And I have to sometimes tell that negative inner voice within my head to just shut up because it's not true and I have to control it, not let it control me. You can definitely train your brain to quiet down those thoughts through things like meditation and positive self-talk. I also make sure that, you know, if I am going out, I style myself very well. I have stopped wearing things that I think look nice to someone else and just what makes me feel comfortable. Sometimes I want to embrace my masculine side, which 90% of the time is just me stealing my dad's wardrobe. Sometimes I want to wear a floral dress or have my boobs out. I just wear what makes me feel good rather than fitting myself in a box to what I think others might think look good. I also have a very healthy relationship with the gym. It's very much maintenance and just showing up. I think later in the year I definitely want to turn that relationship into something that is more goal orientated just so I can get a bit more toned. I'm really trying to look like Hulk. I'm really appreciating upper body gains recently. When you see the upper body gains come through, if you know, you know, but that feeling is unmatched. And I say that because for so many years I've been lower body dominant. On my lower body, I can lift quite a lot, but upper body, I've been doing bits, so I'm excited for what is to come. I've said this before, but I am so grateful for the friends that I have now and how raw I can be with them and how raw they are with me. Just to feel like I can pour my heart out. It feels very lovely to know that I have friends who really care and love and support me and give me great advice for when I need it most. I know I'm a hypocrite for saying this right now, but what you say to yourself is so important. The energy you put out is the energy you attract. So if you constantly keep saying, I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried, you are gonna attract something that worries you. However, if you say, I'm gonna attract peace, I'm gonna attract love and vibrate high, 
you will attract just that. Be very careful of what you say to yourself. If you do catch yourself speaking negatively to yourself or about yourself, that needs to stop immediately. And if you want to go one step above, you can be as cringe as me and literally talk to yourself in a mirror and say the things that you should be hearing that I love myself, I have a beautiful body, I am so grateful to be living and exist and really manifest that positive energy. And lastly, boundaries and how important it is to say no. That if you know you're in need of a self-care day to not bombard yourself with errands, to manage your time correctly and self-care looks very different for everyone. But for me, ideally, it's always go and grab breakfast alone or go to a park and journal for the whole day or staying inside and sewing. And that for me is my ideal self-care day where I'm not going to be disturbed by anyone and I can just take the time out to enjoy the hobbies that allow me to relax the most. That brings me to a wrap for my fifth episode. The importance of addressing these issues and bringing more light, more education, more support towards feeling insecure and how to manage those feelings is so important not only for this generation but the older generation and future generations because how you feel about yourself does reflect you if you feel good about yourself and you talk positively to yourself and you are brought up with that it will make a world of a difference encouraging acceptance and normalizing different body types is key I went into Selfridges the other day and I was in Skims and saw a brown size 14, size 16 body for the first time and I can't believe that even in this day and age I had to stop and say wow. So I love that and there needs to be more of that. If we can continue to have those conversations it will ultimately have a positive impact on the brown community. It has been so therapeutic recording this even though I've been really going through it Again, this is the one thing that brings me joy and I'm so glad I've again recorded this. I can't wait to edit. I thank you guys for watching or listening and I hope you guys could relate or learn something from this episode. I'll see you guys very soon. Sashirakal, thank you. Bye.